0: You're listening to sports betters paradise on the bet rivers network. All right. Getting back in the swing of things here as the all-star break winds down, get ready for a full slate of major league baseball on Friday. Uh, Bruce Marshall, CBS sports line, Vegas Bruce, how's the break?
1: Yeah. Uh, we only get a couple days of the year like this, Jimmy, where there's no games. I remember they used to start playing on Thursdays, and now they're pushing everything to Friday, yeah. giving these guys more of a break. Although uh, a few years back, I remember they started to play. They played a few games on the Wednesday right after the uh, uh, right after the All-Star game. So it's a little odd. I don't know what to do with myself. There's nothing to. Uh, <laughs> Nothing to watch here, but uh, we'll get it going I, to I'll
0: give you a suggestion. Bet the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I mean, so. There they, you go. I mean, my goodness, uh, there you they go. can't make lines uh, high enough uh, for them. You know, been talking to our colleague uh, Nigel Sealy doing some Wimbledon stuff uh, as well. Uh, that's uh, nice, but a full five days, as you said, uh, they have, they have. Um, Push back the draft. Used to be in June. Now they push it, uh, push it back to July to make it part of All-Star Weekend. So that was uh, on Sunday night in Seattle. And so they put Seattle on the road. So kind of making an event, uh, MLB Network and ESPN, yep. uh, full coverage uh, of the draft. So nobody played a night game. And I know that that night game is pretty important, usually, to uh, MLB. But kind of uh, making the draft more of an event, a wraparound event. You know, home run derby, no matter what you think of it, it is packed. They do have a lot of people going nuts in in the All-Star game as well. But uh, everybody played afternoon getaway uh, games on Sunday. And nobody will play an afternoon game on Friday. So a full five days uh, to go. So let's look at the card uh, so far. And uh, we'll start with the... uh, the New York Mets and the Los Angeles Dodgers was supposed to be preseason, two of the big heavyweights uh, in the National League. The Mets, one of the biggest disappointments in all of baseball, not even coming close to uh, correlating with that uh, payroll. Uh, Urias at Verlander, and uh, at City Field and the Dodgers minus uh, 120 the Mets uh, even money coming back Bruce.
1: Yeah I actually saw the Mets on Sunday went down to San Diego to see them they lost uh, but it has been a pretty good week and a half though for the Mets I mean they had a nice win streak in there and and gave a hint that they might be able to make some something of a run toward the uh, wild card uh, in the second half of the season here we're actually a little bit beyond the halfway point. And Atlanta's over the horizon in the east, but the wild card could still be there if the Mets can string together a couple of good weeks. The Dodgers are actually percentage points ahead now in the National League West as uh, Arizona's backed up a little bit and the Dodgers took advantage of a very favorable schedule that last week at Chavez Reed, including their New punching bags, the Angels from down the freeway, who they roughed up again last Friday and Saturday. Dodgers have actually had an extra day off here, along with the Angels coming into Friday, because they had Sunday off, so a little extra rest for them, and Urias could probably use that. He's two starts back from his return from the injured list. Um, He came back against Kansas City, a game the Dodgers lost, and he did not pitch all that well Looked better against Pittsburgh, but two of the lesser offenses in the league. Now he's going to be facing the Mets. This could be a little bit more dangerous for him. His road numbers this year, though some of this was before he went out, but he didn't look good at Kansas City either. His road era is 8.44 this season. Like I said, a lot of that uh, before uh, uh, the injury. But he hasn't been quite the same pitcher this season. I think I'm going to take a lead with the Mets right out of the break here and, and see if they may be able to continue to pick up this pace they demonstrated right before the All-Star game. They are at home, and it, it's got to sort of happen now for the Mets, and we did see a little bit of an indication of that beforehand. And Verlander's pitched pretty well lately. His last three starts, only two earned runs, ERA of a, a straight one. So he's finally into gear, it looks like. I think this is a worthwhile shot for the Mets at the uh, if that price around a pick them on Friday
0: kind of fitting. You got your Orioles hat on there, Bruce, because I got down on a uh, uh, an AL East uh, play, a future play, uh, right before. Did it actually Sunday morning? So got five to one. They got a little attention. How badly they beat the Twins and finished off that sweep uh, sweep on uh, Sunday. So knocked it down to four to one. But still, I think they're. I th- I just think it should be, um, you know, they, the Tampa Bay is showing some signs of coming back to the pack, no doubt about that. And these young Orioles are showing no signs of slowing down at any point. That was impressive to finish off that sweep uh, over there. Beat some good pitchers as well, and uh, in, and uh, in Gray and um, I would think it was uh, Over Lopez and Over, yeah, yep, yep. So I mean, so and the Miami Marlins are uh, are surging as well. Uh, the Marlins in their, uh, in Alcatraz last year, the National League side young, started off slow. You wonder if all of those innings, all of those pitches last year kind of had a carryover effect. But he's starting to show some signs that he's kind of getting back into form as well. Marlins and Orioles at Camden Yards. Uh, Miami coming back even money here.
1: Yeah, this is one of the more intriguing matchups of the weekend. Two of the real surprise teams of the league. We saw. We've talked about Baltimore all season long. We saw hints of progress last year. Brandon Hyde did a great job uh, so far. You know, I, I was a little worried. I've been a little worried about uh, working this bullpen as hard as he does, but no sign of slowdown. In fact, here's a team, Jimmy, that probably didn't want the All Star break to happen they were playing so well uh, through Sunday you mentioned that dominating series up there in Minnesota beat some good pitchers and really ran up a score there on Sunday so uh, they hit the all-star break very hot now Kramer though uh, did have a little trouble in June his his last start wasn't too bad his ERA was close to six in June though so he was the one part of the rotation that uh, at least in the last month hasn't been all that uh, great and and Miami, there's just something about these guys. Close, close wins. I mean, we've seen their uh, their their run margin this year is uh, slightly on the minus side, and for a team 14 games over 500, that's odd. But this is the character of these guys. They win close games. And Alcantara, like you mentioned, two of his last three starts have been really good against Boston and Philadelphia. Now the bullpen blew that game against the Phillies last Friday. It wasn't Alcantara's fault. He's pitched very he pitched very well that night and two starts before against Boston. I'm going to take a little lead here with Miami and Alcantara out on the road that Kramer might be the one guy in the Baltimore rotation I don't quite trust at this moment. And uh, listen, Miami's record is right about the same as Baltimore's. They've been able to do it. They've been able to go better than 500 on the road. And I'm going to take a lead with Alcantara here and see if he can continue this recent uptick on his end.
0: Alright, uh, let's go to PNC Park in uh, downtown Pittsburgh. San Francisco uh, starting off stripling uh, for the Giants on the hill against Rich Hill uh, of uh, Pittsburgh. And so far, the San Francisco Giants have really not taken advantage of the lighter so the more advantageous schedule uh, for the month of July. So, uh, they uh, they they lost their first four in July against the Mets in Seattle, but uh, just three and five starts. So here they go to Pittsburgh before they head to uh, Cincinnati and then Washington. So uh, kind of a all of a sudden Cincinnati looks a, a, a lot tougher. But ten games here. In the next uh in the next stretch. Uh three at Pittsburgh, four at Cincinnati, and then three more at Washington. Uh stripling on the road here. Giants, uh Bruce, you're interested in the run line, minus one and a half is plus one ten. Yeah,
1: the Giants, yeah, a little bit bumpy here, but it'd been a, like a straight ascent. For them from uh, the start of May through right toward the end of June there so it's been a pretty good run and they're right there in the wild at at the edge of the wild card race right now I think they might actually be in the last wild card race as we restart play after uh, the all-star break stripling um, I'm Kappler I mean, he's a sort of a glorified opener, really, these days. Three or four innings is about all they're going to look for to get from him. And he's generally capable of doing that. This is more an anti-Pittsburgh vote, Jimmy. Interesting here with the Pirates. Since they started off 20-8, and eight, they've been playing basically 333 ball uh, since then uh, for the last two months really they're 21 and 41 their last 62 games that's not good they've fallen out of the race in the uh, NL Central and you mentioned the Reds a second ago now setting the pace um, Rich Hill now this is one of these guys uh, I think he could be on the move somewhere before the deadline Pittsburgh made some interesting offseason signings but guys to one-year deals uh, G-Man Troy uh, McCutcheon and Hill and the thought always was that, you know, he might be able to, to, to bring something back at the deadline to some uh, pitching-starved uh, contender, and there are several of those. So I think Hill might be on the move. I'm not sure what he can command now. His his effectiveness has really dropped. His ERA is 8 across two July starts. Uh, but I think it's sort of, we're looking against Pittsburgh right now. I think the Giants are going to rivet up here. I like a lot of what they've been doing lately. And uh, like I said, Stripling, they get... Gabe gets three innings out of him, he'll be happy to the bullpen. And the bullpen has actually played pretty well in these sorts of, pitched pretty well in these sorts of games. I'll do it on the run line here, get a little bit better price, um, and uh, give it a shot with the Giants.
0: All right, Giants minus one and a half plus money, uh, Bruce. Uh, looking at that one at PNC. All right, the top two teams in the National League Central, uh, Cincinnati and Milwaukee. They uh, they finished up going against each other. They'll start against each other. And a lot of people wonder just how long before this Cincinnati starting pitching just completely uh, falls apart. Guys like Ashcraft and Weaver. Well, all of a sudden, Ashcraft... Has put together two good performances at Washington against San Diego, only giving up a run each in those games. Corbin Burns uh, at uh, the Great American Ballpark. This is a pick 'em here, Bruce.
1: Yeah, interesting. Here they wrap. They usually don't do this with the schedule, where you wrap around a series around the All Star break like that. But that's what they're doing here, and it just so happens this is the top two now, separating from the pack in the NL Central. The uh, Brewers got. Uh, two of three last weekend up in Milwaukee. Uh, great pitching duel there on Sunday in a one nothing game. But I think you mentioned, uh, and, and Burns pitched on Friday, a game that the Brewers uh, won against Cincinnati. So uh, let's see what he can do here, trying to get two wins against Cincinnati in a week. But you mentioned Ashcraft. Yeah, he was pretty well regarded, and uh, he went through a really rough patch there, as as rough as Weaver, uh, for a good while, but like you mentioned, all of a sudden his last two starts have been really good, only one run in each of those last two, six innings plus in both of those. Uh, He has looked good lately, and... uh, I think the question we're going to have with the Reds is what they're going to do with this pitching staff. Do they really trust these guys? It looks like Ashcraft they might be willing to trust Weaver, Williams, and some of the others. I'm not sure. They might be active looking for a pitcher, maybe a Rich Hill type, somebody like that to eat some innings at the deadline. But Ashcraft looks like a guy we can take a stab with here. And they've been, Reds generally, straight ascent for the last six weeks and playing at home. I think it's a uh, You know, at that sort of a price, we can give them a look. So let's give it a look. Let's give the Reds a look here with Ashcraft to continue what he's been doing the last couple of starts um, here against the Brewers.
0: Yeah, you talk about that scheduling oddity. Uh, They finish up a three-game series before the All-Star break Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Milwaukee. Now they'll play a three-game series at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, six straight against each other, in obviously very important games because that uh, kind of that clump – in the National League Central, these two teams have kind of pulled away. and looks like it's a two-horse race uh, heading into the uh, post-All-Star break. All right, a couple of teams here, uh, boy, completely different. Braves, uh, man, they are rolling. I mean, they look awesome uh, this year. Uh, they are the best team uh, in baseball and look the best uh, as well. The, a combination of really good hitting and good pitching. It's been outstanding. White Sox, eh, not so much can't even can't even compete in the AL Central that's that's saying a lot uh as far as right interesting to see if the they give up a, an arm or two before the trade deadline maybe a Dylan cease or, or somebody else Atlanta is minus 225 you're trying to reduce the juice here Morton against Kopech, uh minus one and a half minus 15. one little bit of warning sign with Morton that 1.41 whip is a little lofty uh, for a pitcher of his caliber.
1: It is, uh, though his last two starts have not been that bad. Uh, Just one run across both of them over 10 innings pitch, so not too bad. I mean, Morton's about a five-inning pitcher these days, and then Snicker goes to his bullpen. But uh, one of the reasons I I don't mind even laying a little price with the Braves in the run line is, uh, like you mentioned, Jimmy, they've been so good and they've been so hot. Now, how about this? 20-3. and Over their last 23 games, 16 of those wins have been by more than one run. So the run line has, and the Braves favored, like in almost every one of those games. So the run line has worked uh, pretty consistently for the Braves up through the All-Star break. And they have been really hot. They finally cooled off a bit on Sunday at, at Tampa, at St. Pete, when they were about ready to sweep the race. But still, it's been a glorious run here. And the Braves, I think, are definitely the class um, of, of the league. Kopek might be one of those guys who would be in the shopping window For the White Sox here uh, on display, they might be looking to move. You mentioned Cease, perhaps Kopech. He's coming back off a shoulder problem that kept him out of the last few starts. He hasn't pitched since June 27th. Uh, But like you said, the White Sox really have struggled. And I think the way these teams have been going lately, um, you can do it with the Braves on the run line. Don't worry about laying a little price. They win games by more than one run, and they have a lot of offense. So that's what I'll do here in Atlanta on Friday.
0: You know, it's interesting too. It's it's not the biggest thing in the world. Um, doesn't really impact our handicapping a ton, but Charlie Morton was uh, kind of stuck on five wins. He got uh, st- six straight no- non decisions. Last four, he's gotten wins. Yes, uh, got picked up a W uh, every yes. time. So. So he is going from uh, five wins to nine over the last uh, four starts. All right, the Houston Astros AL West. Let's go out to uh, the big A, and it'll be the Astros at Angels. Uh, Angels one game under five hundred. Astros nine over. And talking to some some Astros backers uh, down here in the South, it just it just isn't. It's just not. What they're used to seeing. So they really see some vulnerabilities. And only two games back uh, of the Texas Rangers, who's showing some vulnerabilities uh, as well. Show, hey, it's showtime tonight. Otani gets a start uh, for the Houston Astros, New Orleans uh, New Orleans area product, JP France. Uh, Bruce, you looking at a plus price here against the uh, public? Otani Astros are getting plus 135
1: yeah I mean they're rushing Otani back here he had the uh, blister problem uh, before the all-star break and uh, I I thought they might push him toward the end of the rotation give him about mm, close to two weeks uh, between starts pitching starts at least they can still use him as a DH and we saw him um, uh, swing the bat in the all-star game on Tuesday night so he can do that but uh, pitching this is a little uh, this could be a little Trickier for him here, um, and with the with the blister problem, and I I just think it's a you know I'm not impressed with Phil Nevin one bit, and this whole Angel operation has has gone jumped the rails. They're one and nine, their last ten four and thirteen, their last seventeen. They've fallen behind the Mariners. They're falling beneath 500. They're fourth in the AL West. It's all going wrong like it does so many years for them. Same old same old. Trout is out for at least another month. Uh, Shohei could be moved before the deadline though I tend to think Artie Marino is not going to do it but I think they might have missed their chance to do this before because he does not seem like he wants to sign from what we're hearing uh, in, in in free agency after the season when he is going to command the most attention we have ever ever seen it's a bad situation for the Angels right now and I think it's just going south and by the way Shohei uh, since uh, the start of May, I mean his pitching numbers aren't all that overwhelming. His ERA is over four since then, right. uh, so it has, he hasn't been quite the same pitching since uh, April. In France, uh, the last couple of games, there there was a stretch there where the Astros were not supporting France with enough runs, but he's gotten some runs the last two starts. They've won; he's won the last two, and I think that was sort of his issue. Uh, you're right, Houston. The injuries have been an issue there. You know, Altuve hurting now. I mean, it has been a uh, problem getting healthy but right now i think the angels are a flat go against as long as we can do it and even with that extra day of rest because their last game was saturday against the dodgers it's all downhill they' they are falling into the abyss so let's take houston as a very nice underdog on friday
0: you know in a team that i, I highlighted about 2 months ago instead if they ever get their hitting going around our common friend also Andy Isco brought him up uh, about a month ago as well and Seattle did finish strong uh winning 3 out of 4 uh, in in Houston their pitching is phenomenal and if they could just get some production, of course, Seattle, you heard the uh, the chance come to Seattle uh, for Otani when he was at, play, uh, at the plate there. Not sure about that. But Seattle kind of hanging around at six games. We don't have a scheduled pitcher for Friday night's game against Detroit yet. One thing we know, it'll be a good one, Bruce.
1: It will. Whoever they put out there is going to be good. And I am glad we brought up the Mariners here because I agree with you and Isco that uh, right now, I mean, I think there's a chance they could actually end up winning the West. Uh, they made a big move last year. They started it a bit sooner, uh, but they were 29 and 39 at one point last season. They ended up in the playoffs, and they won that uh, the, the first series against the Blue Jays. So uh, they have a history here of putting some things together late, and it looks like it's sort of happening now. They won that series impressively at Houston before the break, a great run before that. They've got the pitching is in order. Uh, the bats are starting to come around. They could be a little bit more active at the deadline. Rodriguez goes the other way for the Tigers. He had been pitching okay, but he really got roughed up in his last start. And Detroit's yeah, he did. Another, yeah and Detroit's another one of these teams that uh, they've been playing a little bit. Hinch has done a pretty good job. They're playing a little bit above their head, but you can look at their run differential there. I mean, they're they're barely hanging in there and uh, running into a hot team like Seattle. I think this is a rough spot for the Tigers here. I'm looking to go with Seattle like. All the time now. We'll see what the price is here. We might opt on the run line. Uh, So we're going to have to lay some prices with Seattle, I think, now. But I wouldn't mind doing it with these guys.
0: Castillo, Kirby, Gilbert, and Miller. Oh, yeah, right there. All right, uh, for Bruce Marshall, uh, I'm Jimmy Ott. Uh, here on the Sports Better's Paradise YouTube channel on the Bet Rivers Network, right around the corner, it's college football previews with Bruce Marshall and also uh, Paul Stone. But for Bruce Marshall, CBS Sports Vegas VegasInsider.com, I'm Jimmy Ott here on the Sports Better's Paradise YouTube channel.